it's Betsy with the Dickie Foundation, and you're listening to Dickie's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is Tina White, who's an animal services officer with the town of Snowmass Village in Colorado. She has spent her entire career of almost 25 years in animal services with the town of Snowmass Village, and I'm thrilled to have you join me today. Hi, nice to be here. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. So for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, tell us about yourself, your work with animal services, and how you came to be where you are now. Oh, that's an interesting story. (laughs) So um, I've always just wanted to work with wildlife. Uh, I was a a single mom with three kids and was going to college and to become a vet tech. And I met uh, the girl that I used to work with, uh, Lori Smith. um, And, you know, we just kind of hit it off and she was in a class there. Uh, learning how to handle uh, animals. And so then I started working at the vet tech clinic after graduation and I was working at the wildlife rehab center. So we were also collectively involved in um, really putting some cubs out that had to be put out into a den together. And uh, then I was at a clinic and working at Colorado Parks and Wildlife at the fish hatchery. And she actually came in and said, hey, there's a job opening and, you know, wondered if you'd be interested in applying. And I was hesitant at first, but then she said, most of our uh, job is about wildlife learning, you know, trying to get the bear thing under control and bear human conflicts. And just uh, we have a big elk corridor here. So that was very intriguing to me because that's the direction I wanted to go in. So I applied for the job and I got it eventually. And, <laughs> and almost 25 years later, yes. you are. <laughs> yes. It was funny because they said I was going to be interviewed by uh, the chief of police and the sergeant and then another, and, and Lori would be involved in another lady. And when I walked in there, the sergeant couldn't attend. So another uh, officer had shown up and they said, well, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel like I'm being interviewed by Charlie and his angels. Right now, <laughs> you know, so that was the start of my career there. So, Well, that's really interesting. So talk to me a little bit about how um, animal services interfaces with um, your police department here, because you're housed here in the Snowmass Police Department. Talk to me about how you all work together. So we're employed by the police department in the town of Snowmass Village. And it, it makes it really nice because we have this huge support system when we're dealing with bears and education and our guys are very proactive about that. So um, so we just start overseen by the police department. You know, the chief is our boss. And so it's a community. We really believe in community policing here. And so it's a great great setup for that. So. Absolutely. Cause Snowmass, Snowmass is a small town here in Colorado near Aspen. And so it, it really is a small town and that, that's wonderful that you're able to work together so much. And because we are up in the mountains, it, you will deal with very different things than something we might deal with in Dallas mm-hmm. uh, or in an urban environment. Talk to me a little bit about how animal services really differs up here versus somewhere that's a little more urban and um, a little less mountainous. <laughs> well, here we're dealing again more with wildlife, uh, human conflicts. And we do deal with dogs and a few cats, but uh, the dog issue is more trail issues where uh, trying to, everybody's trying to coexist and use the trails and we have a bigger bike community now than we used to. So we definitely have some issues to work out up there, uh, but we have great dog owners here. And so we don't usually ever get just an abandoned dog. That's very rare. Most of our job is out making sure that 
the trash is always cleaned up and the contractors, the construction is big here. So we always make sure their job sites are super clean and kudos to them because we've had some awesome years with them the past few years. They're all really on board and doing a good job and making sure their site's really clean and stuff. So what we got this year was a big influx of during COVID, uh, people moving out of Texas and Florida <laughs> and everything. So we feel like we're starting over with the educational process. So they're learning that you still need to lock your doors and windows, even though you feel like it's so safe because you're not dealing with people breaking in as much as you are bears breaking in or raccoons or other things. So. What an interesting, what an interesting after effect of COVID that you've got all these folks who aren't used to living in, in this kind of environment. Yeah. Um, to your point, um, my parents had a bear break into their house a couple of years ago and, you know, they've been coming here for years, but they had a, they had a bear break in. I mean, what do you all do when you get a call and they like, um, excuse me, there's a bear going through my refrigerator? Yeah. Well, first thing we do is make sure they stay safe and remove themselves from the situation in a safe manner, open as many windows and doors. And then we go up and try to just move the bear out, um, do some adverse, uh, it's kind of like the mom bear smacking the cub where they smack them. They use rubber buckshot or bean bags to just give them a good smack and tell the bear it's not okay to be in here. And then uh, I usually follow up with lots of education and, <laughs> you know, kind of compare it to that. I know it feels safe in the mountains and I know we want fresh air, but definitely need to lock up garages and cars and your doors because other visitors are coming in so well that's really interesting because i mean bears this is their natural habitat and so you all are are, are very big about using that non-lethal force so it is those bean bags and and things like that that yep. are going to scare that bear but not necessarily going to hurt them yeah long term <laughs> yep that's our goal so and our goal is to not put down bears they were here and there we are so lucky here we live in a place that it's just a fortunate, you know, abundance of wildlife and people travel miles to go see wildlife. They go to Yellowstone or something. We just open our back door, you know, <laughs> so just be up early and go to bed late and you're going to be witness to some amazing sights. Well, we talk about, we talk a lot about bears, but you've got a lot of other, whether it's an apex predator or other wildlife, what, what other kind of wildlife do you all get calls to, to help out with? Well, we get, uh, there's a lot of elk and then we get the babies in the spring and everybody wants to save baby deer, baby elk. But what they don't realize is that the mom can leave them up to 24 hours to go feed her, you know, and get herself nourished. And then she'll come back and she expects to come back to find her baby hidden in the bushes, curled up, pretending to be dead, maybe sleeping. And when she comes back and that baby's gone, it's very stressful for that animal. So that's a big part of our education is leave them alone. We promise the mom will come back. Um, so we have that. We have moose now, a lot of moose interactions. Um, and then, of course, when you have deer, you have lions. And so we definitely get quite a few lion calls and, you know, people get pretty freaked out. They get what we call carnivore hysteria about the lions. And What's carnivore hysteria? <laughs> they, I don't know what it is, but they just are so terrified that the lion's out to get them or the bear's out to get them. And, you know, for the most part, you've probably been seen by a lion, but you're not gonna see one unless you're pretty lucky so okay so, but they get pretty freaked out and want us to do something and it's like well 
there's nothing to do. Just... Well, and the lions don't really want to mess with people either. Not, not in general. No. no. And there are things, ways to, if a lion actually came at you, there's things to do to deter that lion and keep yourself safe. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things I, I didn't know. But so you also were talking about this morning, you were actually before, before this interview, you were out doing um, some tra trail patrol. Talk to me kind of about what you all are doing there. Um, I know kind of with animals, my migrate animal migration patterns, you all are doing various things there, and, which is a different part of your job. Yep. So uh, we do trail patrol. Um, there's a lot of uh, trails that one don't allow dogs at all because of the wildlife and some of the other, um, not just elk, but a lot of other wildlife that are, need to be protected. And even like ground birds and stuff, the dogs would go and disturb those nests and then do, those populations would decline. Um, so we are out there making sure that's going on and people are honoring that part of it. And then there's areas where dogs are allowed, but then you're, you know, you have an interface of dog, dog walkers, uh, runners, people on bikes and, sometimes those don't mix so well. So it's more, we're more out there trying to educate, but we have ticketed when people just aren't obeying the rules. So we do try to do that. But then the other part of the trail is that we have these migration corridors and we've had big closures. And so we monitor that very well, um, making sure nobody's going into those closures and we have wildlife cameras up and it's pretty amazing to see the wildlife that takes advantage of those closed times well, and a quiet time. Yes, sorry, uh, you, you mentioned kind of the technology that you all are using with cameras when you've been in this in this business for 25 years. So yeah. things have certainly changed over that and that way, you, you know, you don't have to have officers in all places at all times, but talk about how you all are using technology. Well, we have the cameras up there hoping to only see wildlife. And then when we do see a human, then we try to identify them and then they will get a ticket because there's just absolutely no excuse to be in there. And it's not asking that much to just allow this time for the babies to get bigger. And it's all babies. We see all sorts of things on the cameras, like baby deer and the calf, uh, elk, and we have those bears and you can have lions with babies. They all take advantage of this quiet time. So um, the cameras really give us a big story. So that's what we use them for, so. And we didn't used to have cameras. Now we have quite a few that's out there. We try to get all aspects in different places. And we have a few fens where the water gathers. And we really like getting cameras on those areas because the moose come in with their little ones and it's really cool, so. That's very cool, getting especially yeah. getting to see the babies. Uh, you know, they're they're brand new, and that that's pretty cool. So, what's yeah. what's the best part about being involved in, in animal rescue and animal services? Uh, I think just having a good day, and at the end of the day, knowing it was some somebody's life was changed or educated, or they're like excited. And we've seen some big turnarounds with people where they get here and they're frustrated that we have these rules in place. And then when they actually get to witness the babies or witness some of the elk migrating or, you know, see the little babies, uh, bears or something, then they change. And it's through our education and understanding why it's so critical. And it's kind of fun to see that. And then once in a while, we have a great save or a rescue. And those days are always great, too. So 
Well, and it sounds like you do a lot of education in, in your job and um, kind of what would be the most important thing that you would tell people as it relates to, you know, running into animals, be it here in Colorado or even in Dallas or wherever it might be. Yeah. Giving them their space. If you're too, if you're changing how they're acting, you're too close. Just give them space. It's so awesome to get that privilege of seeing wildlife and just make sure you're backing down or go the other way. We're intelligent beings. We can change from our habits and go the other way and just allow them some space. So, and it's cool. I appreciate that you get to see them. So many people never get to see wildlife. So what's your favorite animal that you've gotten to see up here? Um, I love the bears, but I think I love seeing the moose now, especially when they have little ones. But to be honest, uh, when I've seen the lions, uh, it just makes my day. So, because they're so elusive. So probably the mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very cool. I, I've been coming up here for almost 40 years and I don't know that I've seen one up here. But, yeah, but they've I, seen you though. They, no doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about, you know, some, some of those really good days that you've had, kind of your your favorite rescues and saves. Can, can you tell me about one or two of those that really are, stand out in your mind? Yeah, um, there's three particular ones. There was one up on the ski hill and somehow a manhole got left open, a huge manhole. And some of the uh, trail workers called and said they thought a bear was tearing up a building because it was really noisy and loud and they didn't go near it. They're like, we need you guys to come up. <laughs> and we got up there, we're walking around and it looked like the building was super, we didn't hear a word. And it was myself and another officer and we didn't hear a word and we look around and with no noise and God, I don't know what these guys, and they're standing up there like watching us going, there's something going on. I started hearing a bawling and I walked over and I was glad it was bawling because I could have fallen into this. It was just a mishap and this huge manhole was uncovered. And I looked down and there was a little cub in the bottom in the grease Aww. pit, you know, in the water. And he was just looking up at us like, oh, what have I, what have I done? And so we knew there was a mom around and we also knew that there was a mom with two cubs in the area. So we actually put a ladder down there and within minutes, the, within seconds, that little guy just climbed the ladder and came out and then ran into the trees. So that was really just a simple little save, you know. A bear, and, I didn't know bears could climb ladders. Yes. <laughs> I mean, apparently they can. We weren't sure what else we were gonna do. We're like, well, let's start with a ladder, right? And then <laughs> ironically, I was looking at those photos cause someone wanted them. And we get a call and we had, had this brand new skateboard um, park, mm -hmm. as you know, down at the rec center. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty deep and pretty gnarly. And we've had like elk fall in there and some other wildlife go in there. And this one, they called and said, there's a bear in the bottom of this uh, skateboard park and he can't get out. And there was poop everywhere. Oh. And these skateboarders are standing up top like, holy cow. So uh, my chief and I went down there and remember, I'd just been looking at those photos. So they were doing some work on the rec center. So we went and grabbed the ladder. We put it down there and she actually tested the ladder. She shook it a little bit. Oh, wow. And then she went right up the ladder and got out. So that was really cool. So. And then they had to clean up the skate park. They did. I walked away at that point like, oh, good luck with this. Oh. It was a mess. So. And then uh, we, uh, Lori and I had at one point um, got a call about a little fox that was stuck down in a big 
they have these huge water holding space mm -hmm. ponds up on the hill this one had been drained only a little water at the bottom but it was so slick trying to get out the black uh liner the tarp yeah yeah so we actually took orange fence and draped it down there and then he was able to get gription on the fence and get out. So it took us a while to figure that one out, but there's we didn't want to go down in there. It was dangerous. So Sure. There's a lot of creativity in what you all are doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we had a dog get in a culvert one day um, and it was really fast water and the culvert went tiny like this mm -hmm. and it was a golden. And I heard the poor thing in there just sobbing and sobbing. And I didn't know what I was going to do. It was, no way. I thought we we're going to have to call and try to dig it out. But I thought I would just take a chance and I put a lasso and I let the water just suck the lasso down and I held onto the rope and he kept scraping and scraping and she got hold of the rope and I was able to pull her out by her front feet and got her out of the culvert. And that one was just bizarre that it ever worked. <laughs> so. we'll, we'll see you down at the rodeo uh, yeah. down here with your lasso. I think that's, that, that'll be great. That That's fantastic. I mean, what, what wonderful things. I mean, what's the crazy, I mean, a bear, bear in a skate park is pretty crazy. But what's the craziest thing you've seen? I mean, 25 years in this business, I imagine uh, you, you've seen a lot of things, whether it's a bear hanging out on someone's couch or, you know, a moose fighting a car. <laughs> Well, I didn't actually see this, but one of the funniest things were was uh, we had some people call and they had a sow with two cubs that just were having a ball in their hot tub. <laughs> they were just splashing and playing and just having a blast in the hot tub. So that one was pretty great. <laughs> I think there's so many I, I would have to really think about that. There's a lot of funny, crazy stories. You know, Pine Martin's in-house and stuff are pretty crazy and fun. You just have to open the windows and the doors and hope they find their way out. And you can never get a picture of them. They act like they're having fun. They get up and look at you and try to snap a picture. And then all you have a picture of is a couch, a chair, a table, a thing. <laughs> they're like magicians. They just are gone. Yeah. <laughs> so you just open everything up and hope for the best. <laughs> so... So what do you find to be the most misunderstood thing? I mean, as you said, you know, people, what they need to do is, is really give those animals space, but kind of, we were talking about some people kind of resenting the closures and things like, what do you find the most misunderstood thing about it being in animal services that y'all deal with? Misunderstood. I, I do think they misunderstand the impact that we do have on animals. And yes, a lot of them are adaptable to some level, but uh, their, their uh, decline in the birth rate is down and it's because of our impact. And I think that also the speed, we just drive so fast, we're all in a hurry and we wanna get somewhere. And it's just amazing how much roadkill is involved because we're in a hurry. And if we just take our time, we could actually enjoy that animal instead of hitting that animal, oh. you know? So, and some, a lot of times they're moms. And so then they've killed a couple of things, you know, cause oh. the babies can't survive without them. So. Well, I mean, what do you all do with that? I mean, in the sense of a tragic accident where, you know, mother bear is killed and she's got two young cubs. What do you all do as animal services? Those cubs get caught and then uh, they haven't been in trouble. They go down to if they're big enough we just leave them alone sure if they're um the first season but toward the end of the season they can actually survive without their mom but if they're really tiny there's a great rehab center down in silt mm -hmm. um nancy limbaugh runs and so sh uh that she takes them and then when it's time to put them into a den in the winter 
then puts them into a den, makes a den somewhere, and the Colorado Parks and Wildlife goes and puts them in a den. So then they wake up, they're just in, in the spring, they're just somewhere, and they figure it out. So. <laughs> they just figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's very yeah, cool. Yeah. It's uh, hard to send animals to a rehab it's just because they're not alcoholics. They just are a result of human interaction, usually. Right. Hit by a car or something. So. What's the scariest animal uh, encounter that you've had? Um, moose. Moose? Yeah. Why moose? Um, because they're pretty... They call them unpredictable, but they're pretty predictable. They don't want anything to do with you, and they will come after you, and especially if you have a dog. So, and you've got your dog Dakota here who helps, yep. helps out as well. Yeah, <laughs> she's really great. She acknowledges deer and elk and moose as our friends, so she just sits and watches them. But predators, she definitely knows the difference. So. So yeah. well, she's keeping us safe out there on the trails too. Yeah. Yeah. She also <laughs> listens really well. So if I need her to stay right with me, she will, which she did with the moose. We kept her right with us and then just the moose paralleled us and we got out of there. So, well, so giving back and, and helping animals in your community. And as you were talking about community policing is clearly a passion for you. Where does it, where does this passion and you've been doing it for 25 years, where does this passion come from for you? Um, as a little girl, I went to Yellowstone and I remember seeing a lady in a uniform and she was a ranger. And that, you know, was back in the 60s. So I'm like, wow, I want to do that. That's so, that's so cool. I mean, and, and again, women, particularly in, in law enforcement, policing, animal control, these, these are non-traditional, non-traditional roles. What would you tell to a young person or a young woman who was interested in following in your footsteps? Oh, just stick with the goal. And there's so many different places you can do this and actually have a lot of interaction with animals. You don't have to just stick to being a park ranger or something. You can do anything and reinvent certain jobs too. Well, because in 25 years in this job, I'm sure this job has been reinvented uh, more than once. <laughs> it, it's definitely reinvented. And I'm like, I don't even know what to call ourselves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how has it changed in, in 25 years on the job? Well, we're busier. It's a, it's, you know, you see it as a small town, but I see it as just so busy anymore. And it's, uh, we've, we're just getting pulled in a lot of different directions because we do traffic. We do, uh, you know, this morning I was on an accident for a couple hours plus the trail and we're, you know, being pulled in so many directions. So, um, it's a pretty big umbrella that we fall under. It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you you have helped a lot of people. You've helped a lot of animals. Who are two or three people who really um, helped you and made a difference in your life? Um, I think my partners, uh, Lori and now Lauren, really have helped me grow. And, um, and we have a great department. So it's been like a family. And we don't go very often, as you know. Like, we're all here long term. So we do... <laughs> They've helped me raise my kids. Um, and then the community in general has just, they're a loving community. A lot of the old timers are now leaving and I miss them, but they were just so grounding and really gave me the history to embrace and, and love this community like I do. So kudos to them, you know, that started it, the opening day. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what's next for you? Um, I want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> At some point you were going to retire. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, my husband and I own a home somewhere else and we love it here. So we just want to be able to bounce back and forth and 
just I want to be out. I, I, I would like to be here and actually enjoy the community for everything it has to offer um, and not just have to work all the time. So certainly. Yep. Certainly. So what's the most important thing you, you've learned over the last 25 years or so? Mm, humility. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Uh, I th feel like I've just learned uh, to understand people a little better and they've just to learn to be a little more humble and understand where they're coming from and they're coming from a different space and the city and different places and a different mindset and just learn to kind of work with that. So that's really interesting because I actually, I, I talk to a lot of different law enforcement, a lot of different first responders, and it is, it is about giving grace. It is about knowing that people are coming from different situations. I mean, a lot of times with law enforcement, you all are interacting with people on one of the worst days of their lives. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, a bear break in may not be the worst day, but you, you never know. It could all, I mean, they could have run off with their little dog or something like that. And so I, I think you all are really doing yeoman service out there. So thank you so much thank for you. everything that you do. At the end uh, of all of our, our Dickie's Doing Good podcast interviews, we always like to go into our lightning round. I'm going to give you two choices between sides or something like that, and you're going to tell me your favorite. All right, okay. so we'll kick it off with barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Barbecue. All right, sweet tea or unsweet tea? Unsweet. Y'all, we're in Colorado. This is what happens when we're in Colorado. <laughs> Nobody picks sweet tea up here. <laughs> all right, chopped brisket or sliced brisket? Uh, neither. Okay, all right. Uh, sauce or no sauce? Uh, depends on the sauce. <laughs> okay. Uh, spicy, original, or sweet? Uh, original. Okay. Brisket or pulled pork? Pulled pork. Okay. And ribs or wings? Uh, wings. All right. Y'all, thank you so much to my guest, Tina White from Animal Services with the town of Snowmass Village for joining me. We so appreciate everything you do for the animals and for your community. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community. Mm -hmm.